to another Philanthropy Plugged In podcast, a series exploring the intersection of technology, gender, and giving. My name is Jeannie Sager, and I'm the director of the Women's Philanthropy Institute and your host for this podcast series. Thank you for joining us. This episode is about creating the most generous city in the country and how two nonprofits work together in that effort. Will their efforts be the model for other cities to follow? Christina and Courtney, thank you so much for being part of Philanthropy Plugged In today. Um, so let's just dive right in. Uh, how about uh, we each take a few moments, um, you each take a few moments to introduce yourselves and then briefly describe your organizations. Courtney, do you wanna start? Thank you. So I'm Courtney Manuel and I'm the executive director of I Live Here, I Give Here. Uh, we are a nonprofit in Austin, Texas, uh, whose mission is to promote generosity in all forms in hopes that one day Austin will become the most generous community in the country. Hi, and this is Christina. I'm the uh, executive director of Impact Austin. We are an Austin-based women's collective giving organization doing funding um, for Central Texas nonprofits. Our mission is to cultivate and expand the knowledge, passion, and generosity of our members to make a positive impact by developing strong relationships and leveraging the power of collective giving. And a couple of fun facts about Impact Austin now in our 17th year of grant making. Um, we have officially distributed 93 grants serving 68 organizations and this is, I think, the funnest fact that 222 women have gone through our program at any one point um, to learn more about philanthropy in Central Texas. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Christina and Courtney. Um, I, our audiences and listeners are really interested in learning more about um, this very innovative initiative um, that you two have, have started. So, first of all, the two of you are powerhouse advocates for philanthropy in your city. Can you share with us a little bit about how you collaborate and share ideas about growing generosity in Austin, Texas? So this is Courtney Manuel. Um, you know, our, our missions are very well aligned and Christina and I um, both started as um, leads for our organization right around the same time. I think Christina maybe a few months before me. Um, but we were so excited when we uh, sat down for the first time and got to know each other to really understand the future of how we saw our organizations evolving under our leadership. And we were so well aligned in that our progress across all of the initiatives that each of our organizations do was really dependent upon collaboration. And we were so excited to be able to have another leader uh, to, to work with um, to grow our programs together. Um, so I Live Here, I Give Here has quite a few programs that celebrate uh, generosity and philanthropy. We'll talk about one I think coming up called Amplify Austin Day. But one of our other programs is called the Board Internship Program. And it was one that I was really excited about, like right off the bat, because I really feel like it has a lot of potential to grow. And what it does is it prepares 
an inexperienced philanthropist with the tools that they need to serve on a board of directors. And it teaches them all of the nuts and bolts of working as a volunteer in a leadership role within a philanthropic organization. What are the questions that we should be asking? What should we be looking for in terms of diversity, equity, and inclusion? How do we read a budget? Is this organization financially stable? The difference between governance and leadership and all of those things. Um, and it's a really exciting program that just last year, because of partners like Christina and Impact Austin, we were able to double participation. Because when we got together to start to visit about what are some of my strengths and what are her needs and vice versa, we both realized that this is an amazing program that her membership could really find value in. Um, and so that was kind of our first entree in working together in a, in a really deep and meaningful way. Um, yes to everything, Courtney. Um, and this is Christina with Impact Austin. And I think sitting down the two of us together, both representing organizations that were really in similar stages of their life cycle and being kind of these teenager organizations that had grown over the years, um, but really was focused internally and in growing an organization, stabilizing an organization, growing membership for Impact Austin, for example, um, over the years. And, and now being in a place where I think both of our organizations, both having founders that have recently rolled out of their leadership positions and us being the next in line and, and, and assuming these roles, has been um, not as much a need to focus and just be completely consumed internally, but really put our heads up and look up and look around at the leaders around us and that are leading other organizations and partnering with them. And it's this concept of like shine theory that when, when I do well, when she does well, um, we're able to project more light on each other's work. So I think the other thing is just having another friend and um, colleague consistently out um, thinking about ways to connect I live here, I give here, or Impact Austin um, with other organizations that are doing really fantastic work in the community. So by working together, we end up you know, really doubling our network. And, um, and so I think as of right now, as far as stimulating generosity and growing generosity, that means that we can be in twice as many rooms as, as we are when we're just alone, when we're working alone that we can kind of divide and conquer this massive project that is becoming the most philanthropic, generous city um, in the country. That that is going to take work on, um, on the part of all of our organizations and partnered with other community organizations here in Austin. That that's a really big project and we're only gonna do it if we kind of get there together and work together. So spreading out that message with Courtney with this really diverse range of um, ages that are um, that participate and engage in I Live Here, I Give Here and Amplify Austin Day. Um, and then me working with a group of members who primarily have been members for a really long time and are a little bit older um, that we can kind of cross um, cross-teach uh, across different generations, which I think is also just this really essential key of philanthropy. 
is spreading it and creating an intergenerational way to give back. Well, I, I think it's wonderful, um, the intentionality uh, that, that, that both of you have shown in pulling together um, your missions uh, to amplify the greater good um, that you want to see in your community. Um, and um, I know that we've had research at WPI that really looks at, 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 at that as a piece of um, women and philanthropy and how they approach um, and, and view the world. And so uh, kudos to both of you for understanding that it's better to work together um, and to see uh, those connections. That's a, that's both, that's just wonderful. So back to something that you mentioned earlier, Courtney, about Amplify Austin Day. I know that the, your signature project at I Live Here, I Give Here is Amplify Austin Day. Um, and in particular for our, for our current Women Give 2020 report um, that is really looks at the intersection of technology, Amplify Austin Day leverages technology to encourage giving. Um, so share with our listeners to what extent is technology embedded across the organization's DNA? So Amplify Austin Day is our 24-hour day of giving that's Central Texas wide. It's powered by a platform uh, and it's AmplifyATX.org. 760 charities in Central Texas participate as a, one of our nonprofit members. Impact Austin is one. Um, as uh, one of our, as our nonprofit partners. And we work with those charities all year round to provide tools and education so that their Amplify Austin Day is the most successful one to date for them. Um, we provide um, guidance on setting up fundraising pages online. Um, we take a marketing uh, and communications approach to language and telling stories and, um, and really using research to um, identify really what motivates givers and how to position your cases for support. Um, but our AmplifyATX.org website is available year round. Uh, and after Amplify uh, Austin Day, it converts back to what we call um, everyday giving. And it can be used as a resource um, for more than just the day of Amplify Austin Day. Uh, one of the reasons that Amplify Austin Day is, is so amplified, for lack of a better word, <laughs> uh, is because we work all year long, my staff and I, uh, to provide incentives for participation on that day. So charities and donors alike um, can game, essentially, for the day to receive additional uh, donations and support through matching gifts. Um, prizes and those kinds of things. Um, we realize that that is really part of the reason the day is so successful every year because our incentives continue to grow each year. And um, the more incentives, the more people want to participate, the more it's gamified, um, it motivates more, um, it motivates get larger gifts. Um, and, you know, we have noticed, um, although we were very successful this year, it was right under the wire, uh, but we raised $12.3 million on March 6th. 
Um, I, I, I think the powers that be, um, whatever, I, whatever you believe in, um, that uh, it ended on the day that it ended, because had it been just even one day later, I worry that Amplify Austin Day wouldn't have existed this year. But even though we raised, let's see, $1.1 million more this year than we did last year, the number of donors are definitely going down um, and gifts are going up. And it's a really interesting trend. That's very interesting. Thank you, um, Courtney. Um, and maybe we can talk a little bit more about that um, a little later in the conversation. Uh, Christina, um, so we're talking, uh, Courtney was able to share a little bit about technology um, and how that drives Amplify Austin Day. At the same time, Impact Austin, like many collective giving networks, has focused mostly on in-person gatherings. Um, so in light of the pandemic, um, and in light of what Courtney just shared, um, um, and congratulations again on a very successful uh, uh, Amplify Austin Day, um, is Impact Austin thinking differently now about the role of technology um, at the organization? Definitely. So Impact Austin is definitely thinking differently about technology. I am really fortunate, and I think the organization um, feels really confident right now and some steps we're taking towards acquiring and building up our technology as an, as an organization ourselves um, because we've been paving this path for the last year. Um, really, as part of our strategic plan about a year and a half ago, uh, our, our board said one one primary uh, goal was to stabilize operations such that we could focus on diversifying our membership and also um, making the grant making experience more enjoyable and meaningful for our volunteers um, to retain members and grow membership and also be that entry point to philanthropy uh, for so many women outside of just our members living rooms, that we wanted a way to reach a broader audience to engage new members, um, can patch off the new members to philanthropy and um, to our giving circle. So, so much of the work we've been doing, thankfully for the last year and a half, has centered around building up our membership recruitment and renewal capabilities online, making it, it reducing any barrier possible to engaging with us online, whether it's through social media, through our website um, and and through um, online membership, an online member portal that we built out to allow members to keep in touch with each other and where people can update their profile in our membership directory. So we, we've done these initiatives and then everything else we had planned for the rest of the year just got accelerated <laughs> to like a two month window, as you can imagine. So. Our annual meeting, which is normally June 8th, we'll be doing, we will be doing it virtually this year. Um, we'll do a half hour to one hour webcast of um, some videos of our members and of our community partners, and then do some announcements and updates about Impact Austin um, and about some of the changes to the grant making that we've, we've made in light of COVID-19. Um, so our annual meeting, which until about six weeks ago was the most core essential component of every impact often year. That that was the capstone to 
a beautiful end of, of a year of philanthropy and the beginning of a renewal of, of someone to recommit again for our grant making for next year. All of that until six weeks ago, we truly believed had to happen in person. And now we are having to think differently, that we need ways for our members to engage with our programming online, that even something like the member renewal forms that we did in paper, in person, at the door of the annual meeting every year, that we thinking about different ways to engage our members, um, engage our members online just around renewal and, and really seeing a value in participating in the community where so much of the value and emphasis have been placed on in-person gatherings. Mm -hmm. so, and so our membership recruitment for this fall will look differently. So much of it, we already, we already know that we want um, our members to be able to recruit friends and engage their friends and impact Austin and might not want to host a party for 40 people in their living room, even as what feels like late now is like October. We don't know. And so we're having to improve the engagement opportunities between members um, and between our organization and our, and our individual members that are more targeted communication, like through, um, through text messaging campaigns, something we have not done before. <laughs> Um, and that we did this year for the first time just to test it out and just to see what it would look like. And using a text to give um, reminder for our members, it stimulated membership renewal almost immediately. And so we now know that's a technique that works. We only had to use it on 40% of our membership this last year. Now we're gonna probably end up having to use it for 100%. But um, as much as everything's changed because of the pandemic, the pivot was made possible by about a year and a half of planning. Wow. And an institutional um, a grant we just received, a capacity building grant from the St. David's Foundation here in Austin, um, when meeting with their capacity building officer, explained what our organization was doing technology-wise, and, and, um, and I think it created a compelling case for supporting Impact Austin um, for this year during a really critical time. Yeah. Wow. I would, I, I would like to add one more thing. This is Courtney. Um, you know, we have data stemming back from now the past eight amplifies. Um, and I think that this is true of, of this entire, you know, conversion from in-person events to virtual events or, um, you know, utilizing different online platforms to do business. But, you know, we, <clears throat> there is a bit of a silver lining in that, in that you do end up with data that you can then um, evaluate uh, and compare to previous years in ways in which perhaps an in-person event or, um, you know, a, a program that isn't utilizing, um, you know, IT infrastructure wouldn't, wouldn't have. Um, and, you know, I live here, I give here strategically because we are built on this um, platform of this day, day of giving, uh, we, our board of directors recognized that a long time ago, that data was very important to us. And, um, and we have a committee of our board that whose sole purpose is to take a look at all of the data that we have and figure out the story that it's telling the community on how we're actually moving the needle on how generous Central Texas truly is. So th that takes us into um, a little bit about one of the key takeaways from WPI's Women Give 2020 study, is that women's charitable giving behavior online 
is consistent with their offline giving behavior, uh, meaning women are more likely to give um, and give more than men, both offline and online. And so curious, um, are your experiences in Austin aligned with this research? Do you have a sense of that? Yeah, this is Courtney, and I would say absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. We have more uh, women donors. We have um, an, um, of the people making donations on uh, AmplifyATX.org, women are giving to more organizations at one time than their male counterpart. And Christina, do you find that Impact Austin members who are primarily women also support Amplify Austin Day? Are you, how do you feel members of um, Impact Austin relate or engage um, in online giving behavior? I think Impact Austin members has a real diversity of age and comfort with technology. So I will put that caveat there. For anyone yeah. listening who has, who works in an intergenerational, multi-generational giving circle or organization that um, for folks who may not be super comfortable with technology, they will recognize the brand of Amplify Austin Day because they've seen it over the years and it becomes a really trustworthy technology to use for giving. And I think also one of the, our members do engage with Amplify. Um, and I think one of the reasons is that it's the sort of character of the membership themselves. So I think looking for ways to give in new creative ways is something that gets our members really excited. And, um, and so I think they definitely engage with Amplify. We participate as an organization in Amplify. And as far as online giving, um, another sort of interesting statistic about Impact Austin is that 70% of all of our income is through checks. 30% of our income is through credit card transactions. And this is just doing this research recently. So we still have a membership that is far more comfortable and far more used to writing a $1,250 check at one time than um, the idea of going on and making a recurring donation monthly to an organization or going in and immediately pay, making contributions online and it's through like a vetted source or a vetted, or a vetted site like Amplify Austin. So I think that Impact Austin women, are, they find a way to give however it is. And I think that our growing younger demographic that's joining is, um, is, is wanting to engage with us almost primarily online using a more subscription-based monthly recurring payment than an all-at-one-time check. And I think that comes from years of building a muscle of giving at lower dollar amounts throughout the year that women who are, who are younger um, have, have given to someone's um, charity fundraising page that they've done for a fun run they've been in, or they're used to giving peer-to-peer -peer campaigns um, with, with, um, with camp like just political campaigns even, just $15 a month campaigns like that, um, that young women are wanting to engage in, in that, um, in that way online is what we're finding and that's anecdotally and one of the main reasons we're rolling out our uh, our monthly membership program 
Well, I think your experience speaks to um, what we've also seen at WPI in terms of women wanting to give um, um, towards their preferences. And, uh, and um, I really appreciate hearing how you've approached this on an intergenerational um, piece and, and knowing that you have to pivot um, and be ready as an organization um, to answer for and allow for those pr different preferences. Um, are there other examples um, from Courtney or you, even Christina, in terms of um, how you, um, best practices and ways that you've used to reach more diverse donors? So we've talked about the intergenerational piece. Um, what about the diversity, equity, and inclusion? And this is Courtney. Uh, I think that the, our organization or all organizations have to prioritize that and be extremely intentional always throughout everything that we do um, to always be thinking about that and addressing the fact that um, we do not want to create any barriers for participation. I live here, I give here, celebrates generosity. We were very um, uh, intentional in using the word generosity in our strategic plan um, and not philanthropy. Um, we're not trying to be the most philanthropic uh, community in the country. We're supposed, we're trying to be the most generous community in the country and generosity comes in all forms. Uh, and we celebrate that. We do that through our participation in Giving Tuesday every year. We're participating uh, for COVID-19 relief in Giving Tuesday now. Um, anyone with a mobile device can access um, our site um, and, and can be a part of this giving movement uh, and, and be celebrated. Um, but you have to be intentional about it. You also need to really think creatively about how to reach those communities that don't normally have a voice, those that are not necessarily represented on your board of directors. Um, and, um, and really thinking hard about um, how to engage those communities in the work that you're doing. Um, and we really, we try to ask ourselves those hard questions before we're planning an event or a program each year, um, but also after we've completed that program uh, and, and, you know, bringing stakeholders together. We have a, um, it's called the Community Advisory Council. We call it the CAC. And their entire purpose is to take apart our programs after they have happened um, each cycle uh, and make recommendations to the organization and our board of directors. The chair of the CAC sits on as an ex officio member of our board. Um, and, and with a lens for diversity, equity, inclusion, and access um, to really make it first and foremost in, in our program goals that, that we want to be addressing all audiences. Um, and so, you know, I think that some organizations can say, yes, it's important to us, but really you have to go through the motions in everything that you do, not just have it listed inside your strategic plan. So both, and, go ahead, Christina. Go ahead. Yeah, this is Christina. So Impact Austin Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Initiatives were a pillar in our strategic plan launched about 18 months ago. And I think when it was written down on paper, there was still a lot of thinking to be done around what, what that meant for Impact Austin. 
and what the real goal and purpose was. So our members, um, once we put it out as an initiative, we had members that signed up to join a, a DEI, a Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Committee, um, as all things collective giving are done, <laughs> so much is done in committee. And um, we had a committee get together and review all of the language that we use publicly about impact often, how we explain ourselves um, internally and externally, and, um, and also had folks look at our grant making. And then another part of, the, um, of that group looked at our membership practices. And the strongest recommendation they made about membership practice was providing a monthly payment option and also to allow some members, especially those with a corporate matching program, to use their corporate match to sponsor another woman in their network or another woman um, who Impact Austin may have identified as being interested in membership, but the, the annual contribution was too high. So we, um, we gained some amazing new members that way, and our members too, um, and, and typically they were really diverse members of the community. So, so the idea of diversifying our membership really took one-on-one -on -one outreach um, from current members to, to members, um, to, now current, to now current members. Um, and, and the other piece of it was looking at our grant making itself, to see if our grant making itself is as accessible as possible to as many communities as possible. And, in, um, in meetings for a year, we had a committee working on a new fifth grant for Impact Austin, which is our social innovation grant, the fifth grant that we would do um, in 2019. And the committee got together and said, listen, the real lived experience of women of color here in Central Texas is really different than a lot of the members in this organization. And there are great disparities and inequities across our city. And what, and what role can Impact Austin play in, in working to advance equity for women and girls of color? And we went back to core programming and members developed a grant that um, they created as a collaborative grant, meaning it would go to fund one or more, two or more organizations working together on one common goal. And the specific goal was to advance equity for women and girls of color in Central Texas. So in, in putting out, really putting our money where our mouth was when it came to diversity, equity, and inclusion, and a real, using a real race and gender equity lens and doing at least one core grant for us here meant that that kind of thinking and some of that education spread out across our membership. So across all of our grant committees now, they, um, members go through an unconscious bias, implicit bias training to look at ways that as grant makers we may use, um, we may rely or fall back on biases that may, um, may eliminate a lot of really deserving and worthy organizations from our um, grant pipeline. And, um, and also the conversations this year have been much richer and in some of the grant review committees. The feedback I'm getting from members is that with this new approach and new way of looking at things just for one grant, it kind of spread out throughout the whole organization. So I think it's programmatically DEI being, um, being a priority. I think it's also membership based. And I think the ultimate goal is to bring women not just into philanthropy uh, as impact often, but to bring our members along on a philanthropic journey that includes seeing the world 
through a different lens than they may have before they got involved with our organization. Thank you. It's clear that uh, both Impact Austin and I Live Here, I Give Here are really leading the way um, in this work. Um, so thank you for both for sharing those best practices. So we're at the close to the time at the end of time for our um, conversation today. And I have one last question. Um, in stating the goal to be the most generous city in the country, Austin is really issuing a generosity challenge to other cities. So for those folks in other cities who would like to accept the challenge, what is one piece of advice each of you would offer to others from your experiences with Impact Austin? And I live here, I give here. This is Courtney. Um, I would say celebrate each other, um, collaborate, um, identify others in your community who are also working towards a common goal because if collective generosity has taught us anything it's that we are so much stronger together so let's apply that to leadership across nonprofits and and I think that's when big transformational change will happen um, and I think that donors want to see that. Donors want to see collaboration. And I think that that will inspire others to collaborate also. Um, it's been a really wonderful, um, you know, little over a year here in, in my position. Uh, and I live here, I give here. And it's been so wonderful because there are so many leaders right now within the Austin ecosystem and organizations like mine. And Christina's who really believe in this collaboration and we're having conversations that our predecessors and some of my founding board members never thought we would be having across the aisle per se um, and so we're I think it's exciting and if we really want to move things forward quickly which I do um, I think that that is probably the greatest asset is um, you know, in identifying the strength of others as well to lift you up. That is awesome, Courtney. And I love that we get to live in the same awesome community together and join forces together. And I would say my one piece of advice to others in other communities is be uniquely yours. Be uniquely your community. Meaning reflect the community that you're seeking to support. And with better reflection of your own unique community, you'll probably be able to identify issues more quickly and come up with really solid solutions. So in, in Austin, one, one way I think that we've really come together as a community, especially during COVID, was getting together with a small group of leaders, literally just over a Zoom call. And then after the first meeting, Folks looking around the room and saying really thoughtfully, okay, who's not here? Who's not at this meeting? Who may be part of other community organizations or other communities who's not, who, who are not at this table yet? And, and then thinking the same way the next call, that, again, reflecting the community itself opened us up to a, a clearer picture of what the lived experience is on the ground for folks. And I think err on the side of inclusivity and collaboration and um, 
and know that there are nonprofits in your world that, that really do need the support of fundraising organizations right now. And they are really relying on us. And I think that the better we can work together, the faster we can make decisions that may have taken years before, um, or like Courtney was saying, conversations that may never have happened by our predecessors, um, I think that they're absolutely essential and critical right now. So kind of cutting through all that and weeding through all that is, um, it has been really heartwarming right now um, during a really rough time. And I think the, the advice would be just continue to reflect the community and, um, and just be uniquely, uniquely your own. Thank you so much, Courtney and Christina. Um, what I'm hearing is that we are stronger together um, to be unique and to be inclusive. Um, and with all those three things, um, we, can, uh, we can collectively be a more generous city, more generous state, more generous country, um, more generous human beings. So thank you so much, Courtney and Christina. So, uh, very much enjoyed learning more um, about your work and your collaboration and your partnership. Will any of our listeners bring the generosity challenge to their city? A friendly competition to grow generosity in this country is appealing these days. This episode is part of WPI's Philanthropy Plugged In podcast series, exploring ideas around technology, gender, and giving. Please check out the WPI website, Philanthropy Plugged In at wpisymp.iupui.edu for more information about all of our activities and podcasts. For Philanthropy Plugged In, I'm Jeannie Sager. Thank you for listening. Philanthropy Plugged In is a production of the Women's Philanthropy Institute at the Indiana University Lilly Family School of Philanthropy at Indiana University, Purdue University at Indianapolis. Music is provided by Localize.